Good morning, everyone. I invite you to open your Bibles to the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 22, verses 1 through 14. Matthew 22, 1 through 14. Now, this fall, we have focused our attention on the theme of the coming kingdom of God, or as Matthew often refers to it, the kingdom of heaven. And as we continue in the Advent season, we are reminded that we are a people who are called to wait for the coming of the King who will establish this heavenly kingdom. We wait for His arrival, not passively or disinterested, but rather we wait as a people who call out in prayer, Thy kingdom come. In our passage for this morning, Jesus continues to explain the nature of this coming heavenly kingdom using parables. Now, we've seen many parables over the last several weeks. We've seen that the kingdom of heaven is like a seed that is being sown. It's like a treasure that is hidden in a field. It's like a pearl of great price. And this morning we come to chapter 22. And in verse 2, we read, The kingdom of heaven may be compared to a king who gave a wedding feast for his son. The kingdom is like a wedding feast. And in this parable, we will see that the great blessing of the kingdom, of this wedding feast, is freely offered to all, but only those who come with faith in Christ Jesus will receive it. So hear now the word of the Lord, the Gospel of Matthew Chapter 22, this is God's holy word for his people. And again, Jesus spoke to them in parables saying, the kingdom of heaven may be compared to a king who gave a wedding feast for his son and sent his servants to call those who were invited to the wedding feast, but they would not come. Again, he sent other servants saying, tell those who are invited, see, I have prepared my dinner My oxen and my fat calves have been slaughtered and everything is ready. Come to the wedding feast. But they paid no attention and went off, one to his farm, another to his business, while the rest seized his servants, treated them shamefully and killed them. The king was angry and he sent his troops and destroyed those murderers and burned their city. Then he said to his servants, the wedding feast is ready, but those invited were not worthy. Go therefore to the main roads and invite to the wedding feast as many as you find. And those servants went out into the roads and gathered all whom they found, both bad and good. So the wedding hall was filled with guests. But when the king came in to look at the guests, he saw there a man who had no wedding garment. And he said to him, friend, how did you get in here without a wedding garment? And he was speechless. Then the king said to the attendants, bind him hand and foot and cast him into the outer darkness. In that place there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. For many are called, but few are chosen. The grass withers and the flower fades, but the word of the Lord remains forever. Let us pray. O blessed Lord, who has caused all Holy Scripture to be written for our learning, grant that we may in such wisdom hear, read, 
learn and inwardly digest them. That by patience and comfort of Your Holy Word we may embrace and ever hold fast the blessed hope of everlasting life which You have given to us in our Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. This time of year is truly a season of parties. As April and I began to fill out our monthly calendar, the number of gatherings that we had was overwhelming. We have tree lightings, we have music at the church, we have music at the kids' schools, we have classroom parties, we have team parties, we have office parties. We had a football watching party last night, if you could call that a party. Those of you who know I root for Georgia understand. We have family get-togethers, we have officers' brunch, we have a pastor's party. We have more parties than I can keep track of, even with our big whiteboard calendar. And in our parable for this morning, we have a party. It's a wedding feast that's been organized by a king for his son. Now, in the ancient world, this would have been the party of all parties. The king would have been the wealthiest person that anyone knew. And a wedding feast would have been an opportunity for him to display his wealth through music and gifts and food given. And Jesus tells us a few things about this wedding feast. Look down at verse 4 and see what he says there. It says, again, he sent other servants saying, tell those who are invited, see, I've prepared my dinner. My oxen and my fat calves have been slaughtered and everything is ready. Come to the wedding feast. As you can imagine, at this time, people didn't have clocks or watches to know when an event was going to start. And therefore, it was customary to send out an initial invitation, kind of like an RSVP, and then a second one to announce when the feast was ready and everyone was invited to come in. Here we see the call to come. Come. The feast has been prepared. Everything is ready. Come and receive. And Jesus is telling us that this is what the kingdom of God is to be compared to. It's like a wedding feast that is ready to be received. The Lord has done all that must be done for His guests. He's made provision so that everyone will be fully and completely satisfied in the blessing of His coming. Jesus must use analogy to speak of the kingdom's festal blessing because there's nothing here on earth that matches its glory. We receive a taste. We receive a glimpse as the Spirit wills, but we wait in faith anticipating that day when the eternal weight of glory is revealed. When the gray rain curtain of this world is pulled back and we come for the first time into the full light of His blessed countenance. For now we see in a mirror dimly, but then we will see face to face. And on that day, we will dance and sing feast on the richest of food and all the best and most glorious gatherings and feasts and festivals and concerts and bashes and blowouts that we have on this earth will seem like a weak prelude to the eternal, never-ending, satisfying wedding feast of the Son of God. And what Jesus is saying is that the kingdom 
is ready. It is prepared. And it is like a feast that is given by a king. This past year, our former president, Barack Obama, had his 60th birthday party. Originally, he was set to host some 700 people, but his invitation, or yes, his list had to be cut back because of a rise in COVID cases. The week leading up to the celebration, tabloids were compiling lists of those who made the cut and those who were initially invited but then had to be disinvited. So Oprah Winfrey was invited along with Tom Hanks and Steven Spielberg and Dwayne Wade and George Clooney, while others such as David Letterman and Conan O'Brien and David Axelrod and Larry David were uninvited. Apparently, because my name's David, I wasn't invited either. (laughs) He didn't like the Davids that year. Exclusive does not even begin to describe this party. It was to be enjoyed only by those who were deemed the most worthy. And it became apparent who those were. Now we might assume that if a former president held such an exclusive party, that a king would in like fashion hold an exclusive wedding feast for his son. And yet Jesus teaches us that the nature of the kingdom is like a wedding feast in which the invitation to come is extended to all who will come. Now initially, the invite went out to a particular group. The king would have invited high-ranking officials and statesmen from his realm. Yet when they refuse to come, he opens the invitation to all who are willing. Look at verses 9 through 10. There we read the command of the king. It says, Go, therefore, to the main roads and invite to the wedding feast as many as you find. And those servants went out into the roads and gathered all whom they found, both bad and good, so the wedding hall was filled with guests. You see, the call of the gospel is that all who are willing to come will be welcomed into the blessing of God's kingdom. For the invitation of the gospel is that Jesus Christ has offered his life as a sacrifice to to pay the penalty for our sin and that he rose from the dead to give everlasting life. If we would respond to the invitation, we must turn from our sin. We must trust in Christ alone for salvation. And this is the gospel. This is the good news. It is an invitation to the blessing of life everlasting Trusting in the work of Jesus Christ. A few things to note from these verses that we just read. First, in verse 8, we read that the wedding feast is ready. The invitation to come is to come now. There is to be no delay in the response. And to you who are gathered here this day, The kingdom of God is at hand. The feast is ready to be received now. Do not wait any longer to respond. If you have been seeking and asking and questioning about what it means to come to faith in Jesus Christ, if you have been sitting on the fence concerning your salvation, now is the time to respond. Now is the time to act. Even as you sit in your seat, you may offer to the Lord your prayer of repentance and submission to Christ. For there is no time for delay. The feast is ready. You will either receive it or you won't. 
Second, we see that as many as are found are to be invited to this feast. Now the reality of hosting a party means that there has to be a guest list. You can't provide for everyone. But this parable teaches us that the gospel of the kingdom is offered to all. The salvation of Jesus Christ is sufficient to save all who come to Him in faith. None who come in faith will be rejected. So we must go to the highways and the byways, as it were, and call everyone to join this feast. And if you are a Christian, then you have been authorized to invite any and everyone to come to the wedding feast of the Lamb, to come into the kingdom of God. This Christmas season, do not neglect to share this invitation to come to the feast. And third, in these verses, we see that this invitation is given to both the bad and the good. This means that we are invited to the feast of the Lord not because of our righteousness, but rather because of the grace of God alone. We have no claim or right to come to this party. Nevertheless, the invitation goes out to all. If you have delayed because you fear you have nothing to bring to this party, if you have not responded to the gospel because you believe that God will not accept you, you must see the words of the Lord Jesus Christ. The kingdom of God is like a king who held a wedding feast for his son and he called the good and the bad. You cannot use your sin as an excuse not to come. For the kingdom of God is open to all who will come. Now up to this point in this sermon, we've avoided some of the more shocking aspects of this parable. The foremost being the rejection of many to come. When I was young, middle school age, for me, the utmost of celebrity was Michael Jordan. I love to watch him play. I even had an opportunity to see him play in person once. And it was not uncommon for me to have dreams that I was invited by Michael Jordan to come into his inner circle of friends. And I'd get to play. I'd get to learn more about basketball with him and and his entourage. And I cannot imagine the joy that I would have experienced if I would have actually been invited to come and to meet him and to be with him. There would have been no delay. I wonder what famous person captures your imagination that you would want to be with, that you would, that you would not hesitate to come to a party that he or she invited you to. Now in our passage we have the king. The celebrity of the realm. He had power. He had wealth. He had influence. He had glory. And He invites you to come to His Son's wedding feast to experience joys that you could not even imagine. And you refuse. Could you imagine the insult and the folly of such a refusal? And beyond that, we read that those who refused the invitation even abused and killed one of the king's servants. Look at verses 5 through 6 of your text. It says, They paid no attention and went off. One to his farm, another to his business, while the rest seized his servants, treated them shamefully and killed them. 
The offer to dine with the king, to eat from his table and receive from his hand is rejected. And it's even met with violence. It's unthinkable. Later in the parable, we see that among those who were invited from the streets are also those who reject the king's grace. For we read in verses 11 through 12, But when the king came in to look at the guests, he saw there a man who had no wedding garment. And he said to him, Friend, how did you get in here without a wedding garment? And he was speechless. Now it's rightly assumed that the king would have freely given those who were invited all that they needed to be properly dressed for the occasion. For when a king asks why for when the king asks why this man is not properly dressed, the man doesn't say, Well, I'm too poor. I don't I don't have a wedding garment. Or I wasn't given enough time to change. No, that's not his reply. Actually, he has no reply. He's speechless. Because all that was needed was provided. But while he was willing to come to the party, he was not willing to receive the king's grace and covering. And both groups receive a punishment for their rejection of what the king offers. We read of those who killed the king's servants in verse 7. The king was angry and sent his troops and destroyed those murderers and burned their city. And of the man who was not properly dressed, we read in verse 13, Then the king said to the attendants, Bind him hand and foot and cast him into the outer darkness, for in that place there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. What we learn from these verses is that there will be those who utterly reject and even persecute the gospel message. And there will be those who outwardly comply, but never inwardly change. And both, both will be expelled from the blessing of the kingdom of God. While the invitation is open to all, many will reject it. They will reject life and life everlasting. And instead, they will receive eternal death, even the pains of hell forever. Instead of rejoicing with the congregation of heaven, they will only be lonely and suffering for all eternity. And it is shocking and it is outrageous for the kingdom of God is like the greatest party that's ever been conceived and most are unwilling to receive it. Even as Jesus concludes in verse 14, for many are called, but few are chosen. That is, many hear the gospel message to come, but only those who respond have been given the grace to come to this party. And so do not reject the invitation of the King, but receive the grace that He is offered in Christ Jesus. As we embark on a season of celebrations, a month plus of special events and gifts exchange and dinners, be reminded that the kingdom is like a party. When you are a host and are overwhelmed with the preparations, remember the Lord's work to prepare a feast for you and be grateful. When you're invited to an event, remember the Lord's grace to call you into his blessed presence through his son, Jesus Christ, and respond. 
And when you arrive at a party, allow every blessing, every song, every meal, every conversation to be a blessed prelude to the glory of that great day when we will join in the eternal heavenly feast. For God the Father offers to His people blessings forevermore. The full satisfaction of all desire. The best party that has ever been given. God the Father has prepared for you. For there will be friends and family. There will be music and song. There will be food and wine. And more than that, there will be rejoicing and cheering and worship as we enter into the presence of the glory of Christ. Can you not hear the rejoicing when sins are pardoned, when diseases are healed, when losses are recovered, when debts are forgiven, oh, when our thirst is finally quenched and our hunger is satisfied, when mourning is turned to joy, when injustice is righted, when fear is dispelled, when truth is revealed, when death is defeated and Satan is thrown down. Oh, the joy when loneliness is evaporated as you join the gathering throng around the throne of the King and we hear the voice of the multitude like a roar of many waters and like the sound of a mighty peal of thunder and we as God's people will cry out, Hallelujah! For the Lord our God, the Almighty reigns and we will rejoice and exult and give Him glory for the marriage of the Lamb has come. It will be the greatest party that you could ever imagine. The feast is ready. The party has been fully prepared. The invitation has been given. Oh, will you not come and join the feast, the celebration this day? In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Let us pray. Almighty God, You have given to us an invitation, a call to come. And You have prepared for us this great feast through Your Son, Jesus Christ. Oh, as we come now to receive the sacrament of the Lord's Supper, may it be a blessed prelude of the wedding feast that we will receive when we come into your eternal kingdom. We pray this through Christ's holy name. Amen.